The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? All right, we got nothing, folks. Thanks for coming. Good night. Attention. You know Paul's here. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Should we start this show? Should we get this thing launched? Can't do that. Can't do anything without a cigarette for crying out loud. Hey, how you guys doing? Paying attention uh, podcast. I'm Tom Duggan. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe, and uh, my uh, co-host Paul. We'll call him an occasional guest, I guess, at this point, right? Yeah. O- always late. That's why we're late again today. Apologize for that. That was actually I thought it was going to be my fault today, but it turned out to be Paul's. Yeah, so. well, I had warned you that it was going to be late, so you should have started without me, and I would have just slipped when right did, up here. When did you warn me that? I, I emailed you last night. Oh, you I, did? I, 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 um, I am you last night. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you've paid attention, Paul. I'm in Facebook jail. Have you paid attention? No, I, I am your alias last night. Oh, my alias. Yeah. Oh, all right. Like okay. You, like you had I told did me not, to. I did not see that, so I guess maybe that might be my fault. Who knows? Oh. I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one. Wow. Maybe. So uh, we've got a pretty good show for you today. There's a bunch of things going on locally. There's a great state story that I think you guys would be interested in. I know Paul will certainly be interested in it. Uh, Paul, you know that we love Suzanne Bump here on this show. She's the Massachusetts State Auditor. I do know that. She is a left-wing moonbat. She thinks that uh, Elizabeth Warren's too conservative. Yes. And, of course, I'm a right-wing kook. I'm a Tea Party guy. Um, our politics do not intersect anywhere on the on the spectrum. Not at There's all. There's like nothing anywhere on the political spectrum that we agree on. Like we don't agree about what day it is. We don't agree what time it is. But there is one thing you agree on, and that is economic justice. Yes. Mm, I don't know that I would want to. I don't know that I would want to bastardize the word justice justice with yet another prefix, uh, economic justice. But the, no, the the one thing the one thing that we love about Suzanne Bump, even though I I completely disagree with every every single thing she stands for on a political level, but she's a great auditor, and as an auditor, her job is to go out and audit either municipalities or state agencies to make sure that they're that they're spending our tax dollars wisely, that they're spending our tax dollars effectively. And um, if you remember, Paul, hmm. Suzanne Bump, way back when we were on our CAP days, Suzanne Bump did an audit of um, of the welfare department. You know, yes. whatever it is they're calling it today, they keep changing it so people don't feel bad that they're on welfare. Um, but whatever the new name of the welfare department is, she did a huge audit and found that like found a lot of stuff. Thousands of people were getting thousands of dead people were getting a welfare benefits. That um, that cash cards were walking out of the Lawrence office with no uh, nobody knew who they went to. Nobody knew where they. There was mm. no paperwork for it. Uh, she exposed thousands, if not millions, of dollars in fraud. And at the time, Paul, I remember uh, Deval Patrick was was the governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> And, and, and Deval Patrick went yeah. ballistic, saying, this is terrible. This is a lie. This is a lie. We don't have any fraud. There's no such thing as welfare fraud. So Suzanne Bump, rather than firing back at him after like three front page stories in the Boston Globe saying she was a liar and that, uh, that there was no fraud going on, she did two more audits of the welfare department yeah. and found even more fraud. Than they found the first time. Hmm. So you would think that Charlie Baker being a pretty bright guy and also being a left-wing Democrat like Deval Patrick, even though he's a registered Republican, you would think he would have learned from Deval Patrick. Yeah. But, but no, no, Paul. He learned nothing from Deval Patrick because this week, Suzanne Bump, the state auditor from Massachusetts, uh, revealed the results of her audit of the registry of motor vehicles. And wouldn't you know it? She found that two, at least 2,000 dead people were issued driver's licenses in Massachusetts last year. That would be dangerous for, right? them, for them to drive. So you've got 2,000 dead people yeah. who were issued driver's licenses after they died. So obviously it went to somebody that was alive 
Who knows? Maybe illegal aliens so they can vote. Maybe criminals so that they can get some kind of government benefits. Um, you know, maybe the sons of, or daughters of people that have died so that they can continue getting their parents' social security numbers. Who knows why yet? We don't know because we, we haven't drilled down into the numbers. But Charlie Baker did, wasted no time after this audit was revealed. And it's still kind of baffling to me. Maybe you can explain it to me, Paul. But Governor Charlie Baker spent zero time saying that this is a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. She's saying it because she, I'm a Republican and it's election time and, and, and she's making us look bad. And you would think that Charlie Baker, being as smart as he is, and he's a very smart guy, he's a friend of ours, you would think that he would embrace that and say, you know, now that we know that there's 2,000 people that got licenses that shouldn't have, let's do an investigation to find out how this happened to make sure it doesn't happen again. And thank Suzanne Bump for making our government a little bit more effective and efficient. And what's happening with these licenses? Find out. Yeah, let's the, find out. Right, right, let's find out. Instead, it's a lie. It's not true. Baker's saying that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'm a little surprised by that because it's obviously not a lie. It obviously is true. Again, I would much rather vote for Charlie Baker. If Charlie Baker ran against Suzanne Bump for governor, I'd vote for Charlie Baker. Right. My politics and his politics are much more aligned, even though he's still pretty much a left-wing Democrat with an R next to his name. Um, I'm okay with that because in Massachusetts, you're not going to get a right-wing Tea Party guy elected. It's just not going to happen, right? There are a bunch of, there are a bunch of left-wing traitors. And you see Charlie Baker now somehow – I don't A, I don't understand it because there's no way he can lose the race for governor, right? There's no way he can not get reelected. So this isn't going to hurt him politically. And he's the one that's always pushing for transparency in government. He's the one that's always pushing for more effective and more efficient ways of spending our tax dollars and getting rid of, quote, waste, fraud, and abuse. Yeah, he's a fiscal conservative, right? Fiscal conservative. If he's conservative any place, it's fiscally. So why would he follow the path of Deval Patrick and say, oh, no, no, this makes – and I couldn't figure out why because – like it's not like it makes his administration look bad. Yeah, it happened under your administration, but he's the governor of like I don't know, like thirty different departments. Like he's not the one handing the licenses out. It's not like it makes him look bad. So I, I can't figure out why. So it he's is. denying that it's that that there's any validity to this at all. Right. He says none of it's true. None of it. And he's going to prove it, or he's just going to fluff it off and say <laughs> he's, he's just going to say, "Nice job, Suzanne. Keep playing. Uh, we don't we don't listen to you." Prove it. Nobody proves anything in government except Suzanne Bump, which is why we love her. I mean, what what the heck is Suzanne going to do now? She, I mean, she did her job, and and they're not going to listen to her. Paul. Yes. What did she do the first time? Uh, I guess nothing. No. What did she what? do the first time when Deval Patrick said it's a lie? She went out and she did two more audits of that same department and found more fraud. Well, yeah, but what did the government do about it? Oh, government doesn't do anything. Government hasn't done anything. What is the purpose of having her there? I, I guess I'm too logical for Massachusetts. At least the public knows the fraud that's going on when she unveils it. Um, when she did the welfare fraud stuff, I'm pretty sure nobody went so to jail. So now, now we know both parties, when they're in power in the governor's office, are going to do nothing about it. So now the voters know that. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes. Okay. So, so what are the voters going to do now? Well, it's up to you to elect people who yeah. will not do that. All I mean, right. look, it's, it goes back to Methuen. It's, it's great because I wanted to segue into this uh, for the second topic. It goes back to Methuen. The P I hold the people of Methuen fully and wholly responsible for all of the corruption, waste, misspending and mismanagement that's going on and has been going on in Methuen for the last 10 years because they're the ones that continually vote in idiots like Bob Vogler and Jim Jajuger and all and Joyce Campagnon and people that just get in and cover everything up. They get in and they cover everything up no matter what it is. Um, if, if it makes somebody look bad that's a friend of theirs that contributed to their campaign, his son held a sign for me at election time, they just cover everything up. And so now the chickens are coming home to roost in Methuen and everybody's running around saying, oh, my God, we're shocked, shocked <laughs> to find out there's gambling going on in this casino. Shocked. <laughs> How could we possibly have known any of this? Shocked. Shocked. Yes. So when you look at what's going on in Methuen, people are asking the same question you just did about the whole Suzanne Bump thing. What are we going to do about it? And the only thing they can do about it is in the next election, vote for other people. In the next election, research the candidates that you're voting for. Stop voting for people because they have the same ethnic last name as you. Stop voting for people because you look at their address in the ballot and they might live in your neighborhood. Stop voting for people because your babysitter's mailman's paper boy uh, you know, is related to that guy. 
right? This is why people vote. And it, it's, it's, there's at least a 5 to 8% what we call a dummy vote out there. Mm-hmm. People that would just vote for the first name on the ballot or people that will just vote for a guy because I got an Irish last name and he's got an Irish last name, so I'll vote for him. Well, you're actually uh, missing out on the most popular reason All right, okay. vote, and that is the, the letter after the last name. Whether it yes, be in, a par- in a partisan race, right. An R and a D. Right. I mean, yeah. in Methuen, it's all local, so there's no R and Ds, but... Um, but you're right. On 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 a um, on a partisan level, it's Hitler. Hitler could come back from the grave, run as a Democrat. Hmm. Christ could come back from the dead and run as either an independent or a Republican. Christ loses every time in Massachusetts, and in Lawrence, he loses nine to one. Because in Lawrence, they literally vote in every election. It's nine to one I'm, consistently. I'm trying, right, right, Rich. I'm trying not to laugh. Consistently nine to one. No, you should laugh. It was funny. <laughs> You can laugh at my jokes. By the way, aren't you doing a uh, a comedy thing soon? I am doing a comedy thing soon. Yeah. We'll go back, get back to Methuen in a second. All right. All right. Um, on on September twenty first at Salvatore's restaurant in Lawrence is going to be the Dave Russo show. Now, if you went to see, uh, was it was it Lenny Clark? I think it was Lenny Clark. Uh, he backed up Lenny Clark a couple months ago. And we've seen Dave a bunch of times. We've known Dave. He came on the show when I was on CAP. Um, and he did a fundraiser for Puppy Girl. Uh, Puppy Girl mm. runs a nonprofit called One Tail at a Time where they rescue puppies that are about to be exterminated. And then she finds foster homes for them. People take care of the dogs until she can find a permanent home for them. Okay. She screens people. And so anyways, Dave did a, a fundraiser for her. And so we met him there, and then he came on the show a bunch of times. And we were at the, I think it was the Lenny Clark show two months ago. And uh, the guy that runs C- CPF Productions, which is the company that, uh, that brings the comedians into Salvatore's and books the comedians for local, uh, local clubs, uh, the guy came over to me after the show and he said, you know, I was watching your show yesterday. I was watching your podcast. You're a funny bastard. And I'm like, well, I tried to be. I always wanted to be a comedian, but there's no money in it, so why do it? And he said, how would you like to, like, in the next couple of months, how would you like to come up and, like, MC, and you can tell some jokes in between, like, you know, introducing the comedians. And I was so honored that he asked. I almost just said no because I've already been rewarded. He asked, you know, that he thought I was funny enough from watching my show that I could get up and do comedy. And I almost just said no because I'm already fulfilled. But I said, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll do I've never done it. I've always wanted to do it. Maybe I'll do it. So I said, you know what? I'll do it. When do you want me to do it? He said, when Dave Russo comes, I know you guys are friends. It'll be a perfect mix. You guys can chat before the show. You can coordinate stuff, and then you can go up and you can go on. So uh, Now, who's the guy that did it when, when I went? The in-between guy? What's yeah, his name? I cannot remember his okay, name. Okay, whatever I, his I name apologize. is, are you going to spend that much time and, and, and uh, with with humor in between co- comedians like he did? Yes, except I have one promise for everybody. I'm not yeah. going to be funny. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to be funny. I have, well, to, I, have to lower well, get I have to lower everybody's expectations. <laughs> so that way, if I am funny, it'll be a surprise yeah. and everybody will laugh. All right, all right. Uh, but Perfect. I'm not, well, I, let me put it this way. I'm not going to try to be funny. I'm going to get up and I'm going to tell stories because I don't think I'm a funny guy. Mm-hmm. I just think that the stupid, ridiculous things that happen in my life are hysterical, hmm. right? Hmm. And I'm going to talk a little bit about relationships because that's like the funniest thing in the world. Hmm. Like, people are so stupid when it comes to relationships. They don't even realize how stupid they are. I agree. Um, and we'll talk about Italians because it's always fun to talk about Italians. Those Italians. It's, it's one of the few ethnic groups that you can talk about that they don't get all worked up. They're not, they're not a bunch of sissies. They don't run around. You're being mean to us. It's racism. It's our passionatism. Right. I just have one question for you. What would you rather have, a dollar or a damata? I have no idea what that means. What? Why don't you ask me? I said, I have no idea what that means. Okay. Um, but which, which one would you rather have, though? A dollar. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me what it is? No. I said uh, I don't know what it means. You didn't answer me. Yeah, I know, but you're not saying it right. Oh, oh you were setting me up for a joke? Yeah, yes, that's it. Yes. Don't go into comedy, Paul. All right. <laughs> See, most people would say, what's a demata? Then I would say, nothing. What's a demata with you? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and that's my one. Oh, oh Brucey. That's, that's one. Oh, I'm channeling Ronnie Ford. Oh, Brucey. Oh, oh, oh. That's one of my, it's the only Italian joke I know. It's the only Italian joke he yeah. knows. No, Italians are always talking about how Italian they are, no matter what you're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Right? We've talked about this on the show a bunch of times. Um, and we'll get back to Methuen in a minute, but Paul sidetracked us. Um, That's what I'm here for. Uh, yeah, I tell you, you could be talking about the color of the drapes at the White House. Mm. And they'd be like, well, you know, I'm Italian, you know, so maybe I like, like, you know, the green and the red, you know, because I'm Italian, because I'm Italian. Like, they always have to work that they're Italian into everything. I get these two old ladies that work for me. They hate that I call them old ladies, even though they're like in their 90s. Talking about the sisters? Yeah, the sisters. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and they hate that I call them old ladies. But... Um, but I keep telling them, you are old. It's what you are. Embrace it. Don't hate it. Be what you are, right? And they're not Italian. They're Americans. They were born in this friggin', ah, they were born in this friggin country. They're Americans. But they run around talking about how friggin' Italian they are all the time. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What country were you born in? This one. Then you're not Italian. You're American. So sh- they... <laughs> They, they, call, def- they definitely look and sound Italian. They called me. They try to sound Italian because yeah. they like they 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 want to be Italian, but they're not. Hmm. So they called me last year and said, you know, for your bash, we're gonna make you some great maragutti. Oh, so you're gonna, make, you're gonna make a what? We're gonna make you some maragutti. Maragutti. I said, what the f- what the, what the hell is a maragutti? Oh well, maybe you'd say it manicotti, mm. right? Because I was born in this friggin' country. I'm gonna call it manicotti. It's called manicotti. It's a maragutti. Well, it is an Italian. You're not in Italy. Anyways, that's a preview of what we're going to be talking about on my, uh, on my, uh, <laughs> on my comedy. Oh, if that's it, I think I'll stay home. Yeah, no, stay home. Kidding. That's why I told you I'm not going to be funny. Um, so back to Methuen. So you've got this situation in Methuen, Paul. It just gets worse and worse. As if it couldn't get any worse. The last time we were here talking about the corruption, the waste, the mismanagement, the misspending um, in Methuen. This week, uh, Methuen Mayor Jim Jajuga, we're all very familiar with him. Uh, and by the way, I got, I got the official Oakley Doakley from my lawyer to talk about this. Oh, I ran, I ran it by him this morning to make sure, sure I was okay. Um, violated the open meeting law this week. Now, it's not earth shattering. He didn't commit murder. He didn't, you know, he didn't uh, rape anybody. It's not, uh, he didn't steal any money out of, the, out of the coffers that we know of. But he did violate the open meeting law, and to me and to a lot of people, that's a big thing. There's a state law in Massachusetts, I'm pretty sure most states have this, where because you're supposed to be doing all of the public's business in public, you're not supposed to be meeting privately to discuss public business. Okay. You're also not supposed to be emailing other members of a board. Like, say you have a nine-member city council. The president of the city council can't send an email to everybody saying, I want to urge you all to vote on the next budget because it's got some really good stuff in it, and here's why. Because that's a deliberation that's supposed to be taking place in public. It's not supposed to be taking place privately among a majority of the board. Now, you can email your fellow board members if you don't email a majority of the board. If you don't email a quorum. Because a quorum can make a decision. They can actually make their decisions before the meetings. Apparently, Mayor Jajuga likes to make decisions before he sits at the meetings and all the information comes to him. He sent an email this week to every member of the city council telling them why they should vote for Brandy Kwong, the assistant superintendent of schools, to be the interim superintendent of schools now that Judy Scannell has resigned. And he emailed them. It was about, and I posted the story. It's on valleypatriot.com. He emailed them um, why, how he met with her in his office, which seems kind of wrong to begin with, right? Because um, everything's supposed to be done in public. And he met with her in, her in his office, and she convinced him that she should be the interim superintendent while they're looking for a new superintendent. Now, we all know how this works. Anybody who has followed school boards, and unfortunately, I've spent way more time in my life than I should have following school boards. Time I'll never get back. We all know what happens. They hire somebody to be the interim superintendent while they're looking for a new superintendent. And then at the end of a year, they go, yeah, but they're in the job. She's in the job. She's doing a good – everybody likes her. Look, she's doing a good job. Let's just let her stay. And they do this massive nationwide search, or they pretend it's a nationwide search. It's really not. Um, and, And then at the end of the day, they just give it to the person that's actually sitting in the interim position, the acting position. So the school committee in its complete and utter disarray, their complete incompetence, sat there at this meeting the other night while Jim Jajuga was pounding his fist and yelling and screaming as he always does at every meeting. It's highly entertaining. I, I, I recommend you watch. Um, Jane and Natale made a motion that they do a search for an interim superintendent and, and all of Jajuga's poodles on the board started beating up on her. Right? All the little bobbleheads that they're like Mark Vogel. Oh no, we you know we can't do that. 
We're going to do what the mayor wants. So they voted against doing a search for an interim superintendent. And then the mayor, of course, goes on his like five-minute tirade where he admits that he violated the open meeting law by sending a letter out to everybody on the school board telling them how to vote. And says, we should appoint Brandy Kwong right now. He should, right now, she, she's a imminently qualified and she sat in my office. And, and I, to me, you know, she sat in his office. To me, that kind of means maybe they made a deal. That's what I think, right? That's my opinion. The school board votes no, not to make her an interim. Oh. Bob Vogler, who's normally the poodle, who's normally the follower, who basically does whatever Jijuga wants, starts yelling back at him. Saying, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't just appoint her. I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, this is how we got into this mess with Judy Scandal in the first place. We can't just appoint her. So they vote no. Susan Nicholson makes the motion. The mayor seconds the motion, which, by the way, is illegal. He's not allowed to second motions. Um, they vote it down. So now they all look at each other like a deer in headlights because they're, almost all of them, save two, are completely incompetent. And now they voted against making her the interim superintendent, but they voted against searching for a new superintendent. So now what do they do? They have no idea. They're sitting there going, well, what, what do we do now? So Jaina Natale says, well, how about I'll just remake my motion, which I'm not sure is legal. I always thought you had to wait a year after a motion fails, but that might just be city council. She says, why don't I remake my motion for a search and let's start the search process for an interim superintendent. And then that one passes, I think, unanimously, maybe, maybe almost unanimous. I can't remember the actual vote. So here we are, two weeks after the superintendent scandal resigned because she wasn't certified and didn't have a license for 18 years and nobody knew anything. Wow. And everybody swept it under the rug, Paul. They accepted her resignation. There's no investigation as to how this happened. There's no investigation as to who knew. In the school system, did the school boards know? Did the mayors know? Did the assistant superintendent that they're trying to replace her with know? Because it was Brandy Kwan's job to make sure that people were certified in the school department. That was the assistant superintendent's job. Well, did the? And I'm just curious. Did the? Uh, did she lie on her resume, or did they just not ask her? She lied. Okay. She lied at, at school board meetings and said that she was certified and she had her license. And she didn't have her license. She's been superintendent for eight years. So is she going to pay back all of her paychecks? Well, no, because there's no investigation as to how this happened and how much hmm. the school should be reimbursed. And by the way, there's also no investigation. We're trying to get in touch with Jeff Riley, but there's no investigation as to how the State Department of Education allowed her to be superintendent for eight years without a license and without certification. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was in constant contact with the State Department of Ed when it came to budgets and overruns and special ed funding and formulas. She went to the superintendent's conventions. I mean, they knew she was superintendent. They also obviously knew she wasn't licensed. How did this happen for eight years? There's no investigation by the state. There's no investigation by the local school committee. The city council has not called for an investigation. <laughs> I mean... It's crazy to think that the mayor would want an investigation, but obviously he doesn't want one either. So it goes back to the whole thing that you asked about Suzanne Bump. We come full circle, Paul. Yes. We unearth, we or the auditor or the, or the newspapers or other people, unearth corruption, corruption and waste and mismanagement of our public dollars and favoritism and nepotism, and nobody ever pays a price, except... In this case, Judy Scannell, kind of, because she had to resign in disgrace, but she still kept her pension. So she keeps a pension for a superintendent's job that she wasn't licensed to have. Mm. And there's no move afoot to take her pension away. There's no move afoot to bring her into court and charge her with fraud to make her pay back the eight years of a superintendent salary that she didn't deserve and didn't have a license to do. And I suspect... That at the end of the day, this registry of motor vehicle situation, Paul, with 2,000 dead people getting licenses, I suspect no one's going to pay a price there either. This is horrible. It is horrible. Our I mean, entire- why bother have law? Well, why bother have a government yeah. at that point? Yeah. You know, why don't we just all pay taxes and let the politicians steal whatever they want? Yeah, do whatever they want. Because they're doing it anyway. <laughs> Real seriously, they're doing it anyway. Now, it's, it's weird that Methuen has become the new Lawrence when it comes to politics. When it comes to crime, Haverhill has become the new Lawrence. 
All the crime is fleeing Lawrence. It's going to Haverhill. All the political corruption flees Lawrence and goes to Methuen. Right? And What's Lawrence becoming? Lawrence is getting better. Like, believe it or not, Lawrence has had four murders this year. It's now September. Last year at this time, there were nine murders in Lawrence. Last year at this time, uh, at, at this time last year, the car thefts were more than double what they are today. The house breaks, the rapes, and the, and the physical assaults were almost double what they are today in Lawrence. Lawrence is, by the way, even though there are still shootings, there was one last night. Rich, did we ever find out what happened on West Street on that shooting last night? No. Um, I, I don't think the guy died, but there was a shooting on West Street last night. But just because people are still seeing shootings happening in Lawrence doesn't mean Lawrence is still getting worse because it's not. It's getting better. Haverhill, on the other hand, when it comes to crime, getting much worse. And Chief Alan DeNaro is going to be here in two weeks to talk about that. Methuen, on the other hand, has gotten all of Lawrence's political corruption. And I firmly believe, and I can't believe I'm saying it, Paul. Say it. But I firmly believe... Somebody else said this to me yesterday, and it clicked in my head. He was totally right. It's going to sound totally out of character for me. That these people think that because they're white, that they can do whatever they want. <laughs> that because they're white and because they're institutionalized in Methuen, that it's families hiring families. Everybody's hiring everybody's babysitters and everybody's mailman and everybody's third cousin. And everybody's hiring everybody's brother and husband. That no one's going to care because everybody's focusing on all those brown people in Lawrence and all the problems that are going on in Lawrence. And it's very sad what's happening in Methuen. It's what's even more sad is that you've got a mayor who continually fosters it. It's not like he's there trying to clean it up. Like, as much as I don't like the guy anymore, uh, as much as I don't like the guy, if the guy was doing something to try and fix the corruption and he wasn't holding illegal meetings, he wasn't violating the open meeting law, and he wasn't advocating for his son uh, uh, on the police department, and he was actually doing something about the corruption. I'd be the, you know, I would be the first guy to come in here and say, I may not like the guy, but he's doing a lot to clean up the corruption. He's not. He's not. The only people that really seem to care about the corruption in Methuen is Jaina Di Natale and Jaina Pesci on the school committee, and almost a majority of the city council. It's a it's a very small group of people that are really interested in. Let's just see if we can't run this railroad the right way. Let's try and find a way to get rid of people that are not licensed. We find out that there's a building inspector now that's not licensed. We find out that there's a city engineer that's not really a city engineer. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Tom, do you think it will occur to anyone for the new superintendent to check the qualifications and certification? Unfortunately, no. No. I don't think it will. <laughs> I know that Jaina Natale, I think it was Jaina Natale, made a motion at one of the meetings to create a policy that everyone from the superintendent down has to, on a regular basis, have their certifications checked and verified. The problem is, who does the verification? When Judy Scannell was an illegal superintendent for eight years, it was Brandy Kwan's job, her assistant superintendent, to check her qualifications. But how do you check your boss's qualifications? And when you find out your boss isn't qualified, who do you tell your boss? Like, who do you tell? Like, it's a really tough position, right, to be in. So I'm not sure what the answer is, but I know it's not what they're doing now, Paul. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's very it's, sad. It can certainly be checked when you're hiring the person, right. though. I mean, right. Well, the real problem with, with, this, with this Judy Scannell thing is if you really dig down into it, she was hired by a school committee. The school committee hired or appointed a search committee to go through all the resumes and check everybody's certification and put forward like the best three candidates to choose from. And that search committee put forward Judy Scannell, even though for the 10 years prior, she was a school principal and had no license. She served as a principal for 10 without years. Without a principal's license. Without a principal's license with no certification. Hmm. So obviously someone knew. Obviously, somebody on that search well, committee knew, someone on the school committee knew, and throughout the last 18 years, I guarantee you somebody somewhere found out that she wasn't certified, and it makes you wonder what kind of deals were made for people to keep quiet. And that's why you need an investigation, and by the way, that's why we're not getting one. I don't know if you remember, but uh, was she slipped in as an interim uh, principal, and then she stayed? She may have. Okay, I'm just wondering if that's why they didn't really check her you know, fully. She, she may have. But at the end of being as principal for 10 years, mm -hmm. she applies for superintendent, and there's a search committee that's supposed to go through her resume, mm -hmm. call up her references, call the State Board of Ed, make sure she's certified, 
Um, if she says she's got a master's degree, I don't think she's got a doctorate. She doesn't. Uh, if she if she's got a master's degree, call the call the college and say does she really have a master's degree? That's what search committees are supposed to do. That's why school committees appoint search committees. Now I always hated school search committees. When I was in the school committee, I voted against every search committee because, in my view, we elect school board members to be the search committee. You're the you're the guardian of the taxpayers. You're the one that's supposed to be doing it. And why are you appointing other people? I'll tell you why they appoint other people for search committee. Because if the search committee appoints uh, recommend somebody bad, and they pick somebody bad, they They're can blame. The they can off the hook. They can blame someone else, right? So they can say, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was a search committee." And then, and then, who was the search committee? It was all people appointed by them, mm-hmm. right? They're the bottom line. They're the bottom line. So we've got the Suzanne Bump story, where I'm pretty sure no one's going to go to jail, just like nobody went to jail when she exposed millions in vote, in uh, insurance fraud. I'm sorry, welfare fraud. Um, we've got the Judy Scandal situation. No one's going to jail there, and it's really sad that she's going down alone. Do, do, does the population of no one even know about this? Oh, are you kidding? They know about. This. Oh, it's 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 the it's been the topic since All right. since January. All right. So then, are they are they demanding uh, any kind of justice? No, no, nobody's demanding anything. Nobody's demanding anything. No, you had okay. you have two members of the school committee, Jane Apeshi, Jane Dinatawi. On a good day, DJD be fluctuates back and forth, but you got two that are solid that demanded um, that demanded accountability. They voted against. Judy Scannell's res- resignation. They said, we don't want to accept Judy Scannell's resignation. We want a hearing. We want to, we, she violated her contract. We want to fire her. And of course, the rest of the school committee wants to shove it under the rug because if there's a public hearing and there's a firing of Judy Scannell, then all the people who knew about it along the way for the last 18 years are going to be exposed. And people are going to start asking questions like, why didn't the Department of Ed do anything about this? Why didn't the previous mayors do something about this? Who is responsible in the school department for making sure she's certified? And, and now there's going to be none of that because they just accepted her resignation. And then we got this piss poor answer by Nick DiZaglio, who I think is starting to get a little better. I think he's starting to get it. But his piss poor answer was, well, we have to move on. It's always about moving on, Paul. Always. We have to look to the future. The children of the future, Paul. They are. The children are the future. And we, <laughs> and we have to move forward for the sake of the children. Yes. And so just talking about how it got this way and holding people accountable, yeah. that just it links us to the past, Paul. We can't yeah. have any of that. That reminds me of Jerry Ford. We need to, we need to go into the future. Yeah, right. Not, not worry about uh, what, what Nixon did. Uh, unbelievable. So this is where we the are in our state of, of politics today. It's where, it's where we are in our culture today. People can rip off the taxpayers. They can commit voter fraud. They can commit welfare fraud. They can commit fraud as a superintendent of schools and as a school principal. The RMV can give 2,000 licenses to dead people, and no one's going to go to jail, and no one's going to be held accountable. It's funny. When I have uh, foreign students come in and we talk about their countries and so forth and their cultures, they're always telling these stories about the corruption of the, of the police and, and the governments. And I'm thinking, whoa. That is so strange. I'm so glad that the United States doesn't have anything like that. Yeah, we're that. heading in that direction. It seems like we're heading in that direction. Our entire yeah. culture is devolving, Paul, yeah. because we've lost our sense of ethics. We've lost our sense of morality. Mm. But worse than that, we've lost our sense of ethics. When someone gives their word, when I give my word, you know, the Valley Patriot has been publishing almost 15 years. Right now, we have about 48 advertisers in the paper. Not one of them have a contract. Uh, I have somebody call me and say, I'm interested in advertising. Can you send me a contract? We don't have contracts. I take you at your word. If you say you're going to advertise for six months, I'm going to give you a discount for six months. And if you leave us after the third month, that's on you. We'll never do business with you again. And we will post on social media and tell everybody in our network to never do business with you again because you have no ethics, right? Your word isn't Mm -hmm. good. When I give my word, I keep it. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason something happens and I can't keep it, I don't start playing word games. Well, that's not exactly what I meant. That's not, you know, everybody's looking mm. for a way out to make themselves not wrong. You just try to make it right. You give your yeah. word, you keep it, but if something happens and you can't, you go out of your way to make it right. And no one wants to do that anymore. Everybody wants to get out of it. Everybody, everybody wants to find a way to not make good on their word because suddenly it's inconvenient after they've given their word. And that's, that's where we are. That's the reason all of this is happening. I think that's the root of it. I'm sure you think it's abortion, but... It's, no, it's, it's, it's a lack of character, lack of virtue. Um, 
and uh, the radical individualism in this country that continues to uh, fester. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Ed Sullivan, the voice of Purgatory. We come back. Uh, do you have anything for us, Paul? No. Or did you just end the show head. right there? Well, what do we have? You have nothing at all? Like, there's nothing in the last week at all? There's uh... Actually, there is something that uh, when I was driving up here. Yes. I, I found out that they, they're, they, they're about to Anita Hill, Judge Kavanaugh. Really? All right, yes. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Explain to people what that means for those of you who are too young to remember Anita Hill. Back after this on Paying Attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we got Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first Paying Attention show, which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Team Zingales. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short... I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed... Make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. All righty. So every, every week we ask Paul, like, do you have anything for us, Paul? And usually he says, uh, no, not really. And you've got a whole week to come up with at least one topic, Paul. Can you maybe just come up with one topic a week? Can you... Is that possible? I'll see if I, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to tax you too much. Like, I know it's it's very it's very tough to come up with one topic a week that we can talk about on the show. Uh, but before we went to the break, you said that there was something you did want to talk about uh, that had to do with the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, and huh? you said that they were going to Anita Hill. Her, what does that mean, Paul? 
My understanding is that Diane Feinstein has received a letter from somebody, and in that letter, oh no, not a letter, a letter. Oh, he's done now. And, She's got a letter, and it claims in Me Too style language that Judge Kavanaugh did something. We don't know what. Uh, to a young woman when they were in high school. Oh, no. Oh, that's it. He's done. When they were in high school. Well, that's it. He was, that's he's, my he's understanding done. of it. What, what, is there, are there really people on this planet that are so friggin' stupid that they would let that color anything? Well, this is what I'm thinking. People like Susan Collins and maybe one or two others in which the, the, the Democrats need uh, probably of saying, I just can't, I can't vote against my party right now, but give me a little something. Give me a little, give me an excuse. Give me a reason to vote give against Give me a reason guy. to vote against, yeah, so they probably conjure, in my, so in my opinion. So then they're liars. Uh, they're phonies. I don't know. They probably conjured something up. Because they want to vote no, but they, and but, I, I tell but you they what. need a public reason to vote no, even though they want to vote no, but they have no real reason to if vote no. If they tried to find something on anybody on mm-hmm. this planet, mm-hmm. it will be found. Right. The question is, will it be relevant? Now, if I ever get nominated to be a Supreme Court or anything, and mm. they dig into my background, you're going to find lots of things in yeah. my background that I've done that are, we're all course, human. We all do stupid things. And of course, you were on Trump's shortlist. I was on yeah. Trump's shortlist. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's good that you weren't picked. I would never have gotten things. the votes. Yeah. I would never <laughs> have gotten the votes. Even the Republicans would have been voting no on me. <laughs> So I remember unanimous. I remember of my family that would be showing up going, he's evil. He's evil. Don't put him on. He's evil. So anyway, Anita, he dunked me under the water when I was five. Anita Hill, for all of those who are younger than us, yeah. uh, was conjured up by the Democrats for the uh, Clarence Thomas hearings when mm-hmm. he was uh, being heard as a Supreme Court justice. The same charade as we're going now going on with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the Thomas, uh, Judge Thomas hearings, they, they brought her in and she did her thing. She said, uh, when, I, when, we were, when I was working with him, he said this to me, he touched me that way, he did this. And the whole thing was just out in the open and all, all the Judge he Thomas. Put a pubic, he put a pubic yeah. hair on my Coke can, she said. Yeah, that was one of the ridiculous things. Right. But, um, and, my, and I kept saying, okay, let's, let's just say all of that is true. So what? And all he so, could say. So effing what? Is it's not true. I, I deny it. This, right. that's, this is crazy. But even if it is true, let's just let's just say that all of that was true. So what? What does that have to do with how he interprets the Constitution? We're not electing a pope. We're not electing been, somebody to watch your I've children. I've been saying that the whole time. This is we're, nothing. We're, this is we're, just we're appointing a somebody to to interpret the Constitution. None of this has anything to do with being right, a judge. Right. It's all gotcha character assassination. And, it, and, and it's all. Uh, it's all theater in as much, even, even, you know, the Republicans are doing it. You know, he's a wonderful guy. He's a great family He man. loves his children. Loves his children. Pets he, puppies on Sundays. He, uh, he's a soccer coach for his daughter. Right. They, they do high fives together, and he goes out and feeds the poor uh, when he's not doing anything else. Well, that's a and good thing, though. Well, they're all good things. But that's nothing to do with interpreting has, the Constitution. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, sure, he's a great guy, but what's that got to do with this? Right. Well, we got breaking news yesterday, Paul. All right. What? Breaking news from CNN. There's a hurricane coming, and it's Donald Trump's fault. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Trump, you know, hurricanes don't like presidents. Yeah, the hurricanes that don't like the president. It's all Donald Trump's fault. Now, yeah. those of you who think I'm just exaggerating to make a point, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating to make a point. According yeah. to CNN, the hurricane is Donald Trump's fault because he's against global warming. He doesn't uh, believe in global warming. Therefore, the hurricane, every death on this hurricane is on him. And they, had, they, they wasted no time to show a video of Donald Trump saying... The, uh, the federal government was a tremendous success in the way that they responded to Puerto Rico, which I agree with. Now, anybody who watches CNN probably doesn't agree with that because all they were told was, oh, it was a disaster. One idiot on, on CNN yesterday actually said, I don't know how many people it was. I'll just make up a number like 3,000 people died. 3,000 people died. Is he calling the death of 3,000 people a success? Mm. Um, no, he's not. He's saying the response of the federal government was a tremendous success given that it's an island and it's very difficult to get all these supplies onto the island and find a place once they get there to put all of this stuff and then have a network to disseminate all the food supplies, water bottles, blankets, whatever it is that they sent over there. But they spent no time blaming Trump for this hurricane, blaming Trump for the last hurricane, 
and saying that he's of course a liar because he says that they did a great uh, they had a great response and three people three thousand people died. I'm surprised they didn't uh, accuse Trump of uh, harassing this. It's a female hurricane. Right, yeah, it's a female hurricane. Yeah. Right. So. Now, were hurricanes always male names? Uh, they were actually always female. Oh, they were always female names. Yeah. And because they were hysterical. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And yeah. women are hysterical. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so in the 19, I don't know, was it the 80s? Yeah. They, they began to change it. And say, you know, Is that it, it, sexism? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's exactly. sexism to have hurricanes exactly. only named after men. Can you fucking believe no, that? Only after women. I mean, but, only after women. It's sexism to name yeah. hurricanes only after so female now it's names. Every, now it's every other. Like, this is what people think are important yeah, yeah. in our society while Al-Qaeda still wants to kill us. While ISIS still exists, while China's trying to destroy our economy, while Russia's trying to destroy us from within, while half the population hates the Constitution and hates this country <laughs> and is trying to take us down. You know what the real problem is? What we name hurricanes. That's the real problem. That's the real problem. That's the real problem. Inequality. Unbelievable. So, um, getting back to Kavanaugh, Paul. Yes. There was a, um, there was, uh, a lot of people on social media, n- not the brightest people in the world, not the brightest bulb in the Christmas tree. No, most tree. people on social media are as dumb as a rock. Um, it has gone. It has gone. Yeah. Uh, Rich is upset that we insulted rocks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sad, Rich. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a geologist. He's- um, <laughs> it, all over social media for the last week, we've heard that, and I'm sure I'm going to hear this from my daughter, that Brett Kavanaugh thinks that the pill. Oh, that yeah, is an abortion. It is. We can have that discussion, (laughs) but what they did was they took a video of him explaining a case where the plaintiff in that case argued that the birth control pill is really an abortion pill, and that's why they should not have to pay for it, I guess, uh, as far as like paying for... Uh, for healthcare for we people. Call them who work a- for abortion that. inducing drugs. Right, abortion inducing drugs, right? So, by the way, we don't know whether it is or it isn't Brett Kavanaugh's position, but what he was talking about was what the plaintiff in a case was arguing. Democrats took the video and took off the two words, or took off the words what they were arguing was, cut that part off, and then show the video of him saying it's an abortion, that it's an abortion inducing drug. Etc. 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 It's just total dishonesty. It's just yeah. total dishonesty. He was talking about a case in which I think um, was it a, was it a Catholic institution? I think it was. Yeah, that didn't want to uh, carry the, those drugs because they induce abortions. Uh, I, to to, to uh, be honest with you, Tom, I think this is a huge topic that uh, needs national discussion, and it hasn't gotten it yet. That, I know you believe that well, it's the birth not a, control pill is it is it, is the uh, same exact thing as a no 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 it's it's a little different because okay, because right. it's um its stated aim is to contracept is to keep sperm cell from meeting egg cell right but whenever it doesn't and there's a few percentage of uh, of, of chance that it doesn't and the woman does get pregnant what the 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 secondary mechanism of the pill is to um, its hormonal. Um, uh, its hormonal um, stuff stuff of the pill makes the uterine lining impossible for the tiny human being to attach to, and hence the embryo is flushed out of the mother without the mother ever knowing it. Right. So it does have that backup mechanism, and if, and if you're on the pill for any amount of time, you may have had a number of abortions without ever realizing it. Right, but it would be it's, natural because that also happens naturally. Sometimes, many, many sometimes that happens naturally. Many fertilized eggs just do gestate out naturally. Yeah. They don't attach even without the pill. Even without the pill. Okay. Yes. So, where are you going with this, Paul? Well, what, uh, what, what he stated that this Catholic institution does not want to carry in its health care plan abortion-inducing drugs is actually correct. The common birth control pill does have that mechanism to cause abortions. Right. Uh, that's not an opinion. That's uh, there's a lot of scientific evidence for it. But don't talk about science when you talk to liberals, because no. they claim when you're talking about global warming that they love science, hmm. but then on every other topic they're against science. They're only for science when it comes to no global warming. Yeah, and of course, true. because that's... and of course because Donald Trump doesn't believe in global warming, he's obviously evil and he's causing this hurricane. Yeah. But let, let's just review. Let's let's just talk about this global warming for a couple of seconds. We got a few seconds right there. Uh, it's Sullivan. Absolutely. All right. So. In order to believe in, in, the, in the 
um, and the political religion of global warming. Yes. You have to believe in like four or five things. You have to believe all of them. Like mm-hmm. even if you if you only believe like three of the five or four of the five, then you really can't believe in global warming. You have to believe, A, that global warming is actually happening, that the Earth's okay. climate is actually changing and that it's bad, right? Not that it – I mean, who knows, right? Everything has a good and a bad. Yeah. Every pill that you take has a side effect, even though it has good properties. I remember that's one of the questions I asked Tennis when on, on my show you two were debating this yeah. question. as to. Even if uh, even if climate is changing, how do we know that it isn't going to change for the good? Right, isn't going to be a net good? Yeah, how do we know that? Yeah, that's the question. Right? So you have to believe that global warming is actually happening, and you have to believe that it's man's fault because the Earth has been around for millions of years, and we've gone through cooling periods and we've gone through warming periods long before there were cars, long mm. before there was CO two emissions and aerosol sprays. Long before man was here, the earth went through cooling periods and through hot periods. And we know this from, uh, from geologists who find... Um, oh, sure. There are ice ages. There yeah. Are, there are, yeah. There's right? a lot of things So going in order on. to believe in this global warming hysteria, you have to believe that it's happening. You have to believe that it's man-made. And you have to believe that man can change it. Right? You have to believe all three of those things in order to be in on the religion of global warming, and none of those can be scientifically proven. We, we can't, you can't take a teaspoon out of the ocean and do scientific tests on it and know what the temperature uh, off the coast of Japan is going to be. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the, your repu- anybody who understands science, you have to take a representative sample that's going to be big enough. And given that the Earth has been here for thousands of years, you can't just measure the Four. last 20 and go, oh, look, it's global warming, because we might be in a 4,000-year cycle. Yeah. That we don't know about. According to science, uh, the, the Earth has been around for 4.5 billion years. Billion years. So right? it's, it's, been a, it's probably had a lot of so how do you measure? How do you, so how do you measure 20 years or 50 years and go, this is, the, this is the indication of any kind of trend? You can't. And how long have they been measuring, too? Oh, let's say, let's be, li- let's be liberal about it. Let's say, for, let's say 50 to 75 years. Yeah, it's a very small time. So of 4.2 billion years, we've measured 75 and we think we're so friggin' smart. That we can predict what the climate is going to be yeah. over the next f- next four billion years. In spirit, I've always been an ecologist, but I'm not convinced yet about this global warming claim. Right. So listen, I'm an environmentalist. I don't believe in global warming. You don't have to believe in global warming to be an environmentalist. I believe that we should stop companies from dumping into our rivers and streams. Mm-hmm. I believe that it's important to teach kids in schools about keeping their neighborhoods clean, about not throwing gum wrappers out the window, about stopping pollution by evil corporations. I'm for all of that. In fact, we did a story about mercury at the foot of Mount Vernon and Lawrence at the water treatment station. And we called Massburg and we called all these phony environmental groups and said, hey, can you guys come down here and do some protesting? Well, look what we found. And they weren't interested. They were too busy out holding signs saying stop global warming as if global warming is going to see the sign and go, oh, okay, I'm going away. Right? Like mm-hmm. that. All they care about is holding signs and blaming America. And really what's behind all of this global warming stuff, it's a transfer of wealth. It's an attempt to transfer wealth from the United States to other countries, because let's, even this baloney straw hysteria that we're now in, where, where California banned straws, mm. and even that idiot Tom Brady, who's really good at throwing a ball around, but not really very bright anywhere beyond that, is out there saying, oh, we have to have a, bring awareness about straws. Well, look, the United States has decreased our CO2 emissions. Can you get a close-up on this right here? Sig- significantly. The, the straw? Yes, my straw. Uh, so my straw. Let's freak out all the liberals in the audience. Ooh, ooh, it's an evil straw. Well, plastics do. There, there is a problem with plastics. I don't know if you've looked into it. I have. Okay, and and I'm on board with that. I think. I think there is a problem with plastics. There is a problem with garbage in this country. There's an entire ocean of garbage somewhere. I think it's like off Indonesia. I might have the location wrong. Um, And I, I am against pollution. I'm totally for finding corporations mm. that dump illegally. If there's asbestos in a building, I'm all for the DEP, the Department of Environmental Protection, going in and making sure that it's removed properly. I'm all for having regulations on that stuff. What I'm not for is forcing the entire country to give up our wealth to other countries that are still mining coal, 
that are still using, that are still polluting the planet 10 times worse than we are as some way of making ourselves feel better and pretending that we're saving the planet. How arrogant is it that people think that if there is global warming and it was man-made, that we can stop it? Well, the idea is, well, if we started it, we can turn it around. How? Especially with China and By changing our light bulbs? Remember, we were all going to have to change our light bulbs (coughs) to be these really horrible incandescent light bulbs that were so toxic that you couldn't (laughs) throw them away when they broke. Right, right. Right, because that's great for the environment. Do you know, Paul? What? I'm in the newspaper business. Yes. When you recycle newspaper, they have to dip the newspaper into chemicals to remove the ink from the paper in order to turn the paper into pulp in order to make it something else. Those chemicals then get dumped into the ground. Mm. So how is recycling newspaper helping the environment? It's not. It's so that corporations can make money. This whole thing about recycling and helping the planet is just another corporate sham in order for corporations to make money and for liberals to control what you do in your personal life. That's all it is. Hmm. And the liberals who say that they hate corporations, they love Google, though. They love Facebook, right? <laughs> Starbucks. But they, and Starbucks. But they say they, they hate evil corporations are evil. They're evil. And yet they run around <laughs> talking about stupid things like recycling or organ donation, right? What are they, what are they saying about right, that now? Right. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so glad he said that with five minutes left. <laughs> you want to start ne- next, next week with that one? I would never, ever, ever sign to be an organ donor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, now I know where you're going. I would All never right. sign to be an organ donor. Right. You donate your organs. You know where your organs go when you donate your organs, kids? They go to a for-profit corporation that mm. sells your organs to people who need them. So you're not, you're not donating it to somebody who really needs it. It's not like there's somebody in a hospital somewhere that's going to take your organ. and gonna, It goes to an organ bank that's owned by a, a for-profit corporation that makes millions and millions of dollars off of your organs. I think that doctors are a little um, a little hurried to make sure that somebody is dead too when they're when they're an organ donor. Right. A little, you know, a little more uh, not willing, quite, a little more willing yeah. to let things go. He's not quite dead yet, but just yeah. kick that plug out of the wall for a couple yeah. seconds. We'll be able to get yeah, those he's, kidneys. He's brain dead enough. Right. And so I, I don't trust. I don't trust the medical community it's just so at all. Sad. Our whole our whole culture is a sham. We're living <laughs> we're living the Truman Show. We don't even mm. know it yet. Everything that they tell us is a lie. Um, you know, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, they go on and on and on about lies, about politics. We're back to 9-10. We celebrated mm. the anniversary of 9-11 this week. And the, what it did remind me of while I was honoring those who lost their lives, and we knew a few, um, especially Jane Orth, uh, we, we knew a few people that died on 9-11. But the one thing that it always reminds me on the anniversary of 9-11 is how we went back to 9-10 so quickly. Who was that senator, the white-haired guy? Yes. Uh, and, the, uh, and the woman. Chandra Levy. Chandra Levy. The, was biggest, the, woman. the biggest story on the planet on 910 mm. was Gary Condit, who was a That's Republican it. congressman from California. That's him. Was accused of killing his aide, Chandra Levy. He was drummed out of Congress. They, uh, the news kept coming up with emails and, and insinuating that they had an affair and insinuating that there was something nefarious going on. This guy got drummed out of Congress. His life was destroyed. And 15 years later or 10 years later, we found out that it was an illegal alien that killed her while she was jogging. Okay. They found her body yeah. and they find out it had nothing to do with it. But we you know what we weren't talking about on nine ten. We weren't talking about Al-Qaeda. We weren't talking about the millions of Muslims that are living, breathing, sleeping, and eating for the sole purpose of our destruction. To take down our government, to destroy our country, and by the way, their number one goal, to kill as many Jews as they can. That's the number one goal. And we're not talking about that. CNN does not talk about that. That's Islamophobia. That's, that's Arab ashenitism. That's what that is. Because you don't want to make Muslims that aren't terrorists feel bad that you're blaming some Muslims for the, terror, for the Muslim terrorism that they're engaging in. So because of political correctness, we are going to commit suicide in this culture if we haven't already. Well, the European cultures are already doing it. Uh, listen, Western Europe's already done. Yeah. They're already done. They just Definitely. don't know it yet. No question. Um, they've already been taken over by the Islamic fascists. And we're pretty close to doing it here. Going in that direction. Yeah, we are. I don't know if it's going to be them or China or, or what have you. Is but. that it? The show's already over? Yeah. No kidding, Ed. Wow. Time flies. Well, listen, Kim needs a kidney. And unfortunately, there's a for-profit group that uh, is in charge of that. So if you want to donate a kidney directly to her, that would be great. Uh, her name is uh, Kim Anderson. 
And you can email her at kimkidney1960 at gmail.com. Don't forget on the 21st of September, the Dave Russo Comedy Show at Salvatore's. I'm going to be the MC, and I promise I won't be funny. But I'll probably tell some funny stories anyway. What else do we have? Anything else that we have to promote before we go? I'm going to... Um, I'm going to Boston today. Dan Strange, our good friend Dan Strange, uh, has been diagnosed with cancer. He helps us with our bash every year. He's an amazing guy. Um, and he, he, his insurance doesn't cover some of his um, treatment. So we're going to be in Boston tonight for that. I'll post it online. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Paul, thanks for coming, even Thank though it was you. late. And Rich Russell. Melvin Taylor says go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.